Don't frazzle my sh- It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're, we're live. Yeah, and we're on fire today. We just released the video, which I timed very poorly. Uh, I released it as a premiere, and it was running just before this. A lot of you have probably just moved over from that, so <laughs> uh, apologies on me being an idiot. Uh, but here we are, the new morning show. Yay! Well, it's not the morning show. Well, it's the morning somewhere. It's still the morning show. It's the morning somewhere Until we decide to make a, show. a permanent change. Uh, but it is the morning show at night. All right, so... He's Mark. Oh, I'm yeah. Nicole. Welcome. Thanks, Thanks Nicole. <clears throat> Appreciate the support. <laughs> Made no difference moving. <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, so, hey, just to get the show started, I yeah. want to thank some people who helped us out. Yes. Uh, David Harold, Robert Karstein, Cla- Claudie, Peter Swift, Brent Dunn, Andy and Antonu, and uh, Jeremy Long. So thank you so much, folks, for helping us out. Uh, those folks actually went to uh, patreon.com slash Whisper, and uh, you could do like a voluntary subscription thing mm-hmm. there, but it's a good way to uh, show your support of the show. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. But also on YouTube, we have a membership thing there. So you just click join, and you will be on your way to getting some extras. For instance, the video we just posted, mm-hmm. it's a very long video. <clears throat> I'm asking, I've already texted your mom to number oh, one, the opener? bring you water. Mm. Oh, you already have water. Got it right here. Okay. Uh, it was a blast doing that video with Nicole. Uh, it was over probably two and a half hours of unedited um, footage and down to a little under an hour for the actual video. Uh, but we have an extended bloopers reel. Yes, we do. <clears throat> and an, another video. More of me laughing. Because... It's just, it's goofy, it's funny, uh, and we're going to be releasing that on um, the members' side of things. Because you can't get this clock right. What's wrong with it? It says the 7th. Oh. Oh, John did that today. Yeah. I blame John. It's not right. So we'll take it down. Uh, that would be so John's So it doesn't confuse fault, Nicole. you. Like, yeah. um, we're, so... We're in the past. Hey, I just want to say thank you to Cam PCs, Alan Zier. They have become uh, members on YouTube oh, for the yeah. extras and the bonus live show. Well, that's great. So uh, thank you. And just also me. Ben's Woodcrafts. That's excellent. Uh, I just want to address... Greybeard's question, are we going to make something? We are going to make memories. That's what we're here to do today. So thank you for asking. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of things here. We just made a blanket ladder. We just made a blanket ladder. Yeah. It's the best we can do. Uh, you guys may have seen this because uh, Trent Pressler has uh, given this book to a bunch of people for review. This is a uh, courtesy review copy, which I appreciate. Uh, Thank you, Trent. I have not had a chance to read it yet, but it promises to be an emotional and uh, interesting book. Um, I'm not that great with emotional books, though. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) Like, real-life drama and emotions (laughs) is not my go-to. What's the name? I'll throw it in our Amazon store. Little Little, and Often. Little and Often. Uh, It's got very high praise from some people on the back here that you might know, uh, including Nick Offerman, uh, is on there. Oh, wait. um, He even has an Audible version of it. Yeah, and if I do read it, that's how I'm going to read it, is with the uh, audio version. Um, Yeah, go check him out on Instagram, too. He's a boat builder, does amazing work. It doesn't release until April 27th. Well, maybe the audio book is delayed. 
Or is the main book available? Uh, Buy new, yeah. Yep. Oh, wait, it'll be so released the, on April 27th. Yeah, the book hasn't even Okay, released. so I am very lucky to have an advanced <laughs> copy of this book. All right, so thank you very much. I appreciate you sending that, Trent. Uh, good luck. Wish you the best of luck with the book. Yeah, I'm going to throw that in our... Well, I got to change the name. It's called Friday Live category. Oh, geez. So I'll just call it the live category. Yeah, but that's like two generations. I know, right? But if you go to head on over to Amazon.com slash shop slash The Wood Whisperer, Mm -hmm. um, I have different categories for things that we talk about on the show. So it's easy to find and uh, help support a little bit. Kyle wants to know what's the deal with the extra content. Is it just YouTube? Don't get anything other than after show on Patreon. No, they're pretty much the same. He's asking, yeah, yeah. We, we try to maintain the same treatment on both. Yeah, there's a $2 level at both YouTube and Patreon, and there's a $5 level on YouTube and mm-hmm. Patreon. So, yeah, you, you get it either way. Um, the stuff that we post typically is, well, I'm not going to get into it. There's yeah. technical things. You'll we, see. we try to post it in both places. Um, well, you know what? We're here to answer questions. We are. Woodworking so, questions. Woodworking questions. We're not going to build anything, but we are going to answer questions yep. about building stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I put new batteries in that thing today, too, so it really, it should be working. It's just the date was wrong. It's all right. It's just the clock. I don't even know what time the show starts, so. Apparently. I can't blame the clock. <laughs> all right, Corey has a question. Corey! <clears throat> he says, what do you use to keep your hands from becoming sandpaper? Handing, handling just about any wood in my shop dries my hands out instantly. I tried wearing gloves of different types, but it actually just made it worse. No matter what I apply to my hands, lotions, oils, etc., they feel like 80-grit sandpaper and resemble a dry riverbed. Humidity levels are 40 to 50% here in SoCal, so it's not dry or anything. My wife and toddler, thank you in advance for any help. Well, I can tell you the, 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 the disappointing answer to this. Hang on. Settle down, sister. <laughs> You're a woman who's changed many a diaper. I can yes, tell yes. from what I'm seeing there. Uh, I don't know whether it's just my complexion. Um, I tend to be a pretty oily person. Uh, so in spite of living in places like Denver and Arizona, the only time I really get dry, cracked hands is when I wash like crazy. So mm-hmm. when the pandemic first hit... And I was we're like washing, you know, oh six, seven, eight goodness. times a day. Uh, I definitely got some dry skin there, but and I'm I, super lucky about that. And I had last last year, I had tried a bunch of different stuff. And then someone reminded me Aquaphor, mm-hmm. which I used constantly with my kids. So yeah. I just would lather Aquaphor on my hands at night, put socks on them. And I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, my hands are all nice. Yeah, so it's got it. You think for someone in his case, it's not just a quick application and go back to work. It's like a deep treatment the whole time you're sleeping. It seems like would be a good right. fix for him. Yeah, overnight treatment of Aquaphor is what I recommend for you, Corey. When we had that whole advertising thing with Duluth, didn't they have a product oh, that your brother did. used? He liked and it. He really liked. Yeah. What's it was, that called? It was a funny name. It was like too. a knuckle something. Busted knuckles, uh, knuckle or grease, knuckle grease, knuckle butt. <laughs> I don't knuckle remember. I, it was on Duluth. I'm sure if you go to Duluth's website, they have it listed. Knuckle butter. That's a great name. <laughs> but you have a toddler, so you might already have Aquaphor in your house. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Enjoy even that. Jerry Big says soap with aloe and Aquaphor. There you go. So here's the link to my Amazon <laughs> uh, for the Aquaphor if you want to check it out. Um, okay, I just put that up. Did that go? I can't tell. Hold on. I don't know which. you put This stupid, I don't know why. In my chat here, I have the option to ban people. Mm-hmm. I've never used that. I don't have to ban people on this show, but I accidentally hit it all the time. Uh-huh. And I accidentally banned people for three minutes. Did you mean to? Did you mean to? No. 
Okay, so Josh wanted to know: Do you prefer shellac or varnish? I fixed it for you. There you go. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Josh.、Uh, gave you the accidental banhammer. <laughs> shellac or varnish? I think if I had to, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I'm not going to get into to all of them, but if I had to choose, if you were making me choose between those two, I would probably choose varnish. I, I just find it to be a finish that I know more about. I, I know what to expect from it. Uh, and I find it to be less finicky than shellac, but shellac in and of itself is a great finish. It's just I would, if you make me choose, I'm going to choose varnish. Varnish. All right. Next question. And I am pulling questions from the YouTube、uh, chat. Mark is actually reading questions that were given to us、uh, before the show、mm. from Patreon and from YouTube. You pulled the YouTube questions, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. Do you guys like how we're sitting lower? We're sitting together. I'm not sitting any lower than I have in I mean, the past. I'm, I'm sitting lower. There you go. I just got kind of tired of that, like one person up here, one person tiered, down here. The tiered look. look. Like we should, we should both be sitting. <laughs>、uh, okay, we'll see if I keep doing it because I、yeah. like to stand when I talk. I was going to say your back has been acting up. Jason Newell says my current project is a whiskey box inspired by Jory Brigham's design and method. I'd like to attempt waterfall miters. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the correct process for the best results. I have a okay. This gets hard to read, and in, in text format, if you don't actually have pictures to go with it, it can get very confusing. So let me try to boil this down. He's looking for his order of operations in terms of like, does he mill it to final thickness and then cut the、uh, the miters on it, or does he joint one edge, cut the miters, and then thickness things? I'm just going to give you a flat recommendation here, and it's not as thorough of an answer as you're looking for, but that's all I can do right now.、Um, I would completely joint plane mill your pieces to their final dimension, so you can actually mill that full board to the final dimension,、uh, and at that point, make your cross cuts. Now, you can, if you want to, if it makes you feel better, cross them, cross cut them first into their individuals, giving a little bit of overage, and then with the smaller pieces, take them back to whatever tool you're cutting that bevel on. Uh, that you're cutting the miter on,、uh, and put a stop block or something in place so that you can make consistent cuts to make sure they're all the same. Depending on the dimensions, at least two of them will be the same, and the other two will be the same,、uh, if not all four.、Um, you also, depending on how your setup goes, you might be able to just kind of take the the long piece, put it up against the stop block, make that bevel cut, and just kind of keep moving through. Um, but I, I it doesn't really make a difference either way. I think you should be milling down to final thickness first. I think if you cut your miters first and then you're doing something to mill down the final thickness, it could get wonky. You mentioned changing dimensions; that could very well happen. So I would definitely recommend getting there first and then mitering. Ben、uh, Ben's Woodcrafts wants to know. Woodcrafts. Do you order your Rubio from Amazon, or have you found a better way? I think we、um, do it on Amazon. Sometimes from Amazon, but Rubio has a store. Yeah. So what I would do is price compare, look at the shipping, and decide if you can get it cheaper from Amazon. Go Amazon.、Uh, if you can get it cheaper directly from the source, go directly from the source. The one thing I will urge you to do, though, is maybe I don't know for how long they still might be selling old inventory on Amazon. They have switched to a new、um, the part two, I think it is like whatever the smaller activator、um, can is. They switched to new packaging, and it's so much better. It's not the standard paint can lid. It's now a little pop up hoochie, and you unscrew it, and you can pour out what you need. It's so much better.、Um, so that's why I would encourage you to buy directly from them. If we know that the stock on Amazon is still the old stuff, I don't know that. I'm just saying that might be a possibility, or that might be a reason why you might want to buy direct. Okie dokie. Huh.、Right. I just got a super chat from Doctor、uh, B. Wants to help me with my back. He says, "If you go through St. Louis, 
I'll help you with that back. Hey, we're going to Missouri. Baby backs? We're going to Missouri. Get my joke? I did. It's a barbecue It joke. wasn't a good joke. Alrighty. Uh, did you see uh, Call Me Mac did a super chat? Well, you is Call Me Mac. Right up there. Okay. And he said, can you make a video for an uplifted dog feeder? Well, I made like a video on this a dog one? feeder. But is, is it, does an uplifted one mean something different? An elevated, uplifted dog feeder. We have a video for that. <laughs> that was our Woodworkers Fighting Cancer Project. It, two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah, I believe. two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yep. it was, I think it was two years ago. Basic design, super easy, but you can adapt it to do whatever you want Assuming to do. Assuming I'm understanding what you mean by uplifted, I think that is what you would need. Yep. Take a look. Otherwise, we've done one. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, the next next one here is from Kim Erickson. Good day, guys. About to embark 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 on building built-in cupboards. Embark 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 for the back garage wall. I've never built cab uh, built-in cabinets before. What advice would you give a novice before starting such a project? I have a job site table saw, biscuit joiner. I'm thinking of track saw might be a smart purchase for the job. Hey, yeah, if you're playing with a lot of plywood. Uh, track saw is a great thing to have. I use it all the time. I used it multiple times this week because we're doing some plywood stuff. So uh, if that's in the budget, um, a track saw is fantastic. Uh, I've got a couple of videos that I've done on cabinetry in a garage. Now, a, when you say a built-in, you're really just kind of making sure it's level in a space that might not be level. And you want to make sure it's nice and, like sort of cleanly engaging with the wall. Uh, this is not quite as difficult of a process as doing like a built-in in an alcove in a house that's going to be more involved. So you're really just building good square cabinets and then just kind of making it fit in and look right in that space or maybe building a platform for it to level it first. So I want you to check out two of my videos. One is the miter station build. That's a method where I actually just used leveling feet to level the cabinet cases. Uh, and the other one is the quick, I think it's quick high quality cabinets. Um, both of these videos you can find on the, the free site, on the Wood Whisperer site. The main site. site. Sorry, we're, we're getting away from saying that. People, yeah. people got me in the habit of saying Yeah, that. I know. The on main the main Wood site. Whisperer site. Uh, quick high quality cabinet shows a different method where you build like a 2x4 base first. You level that and then you put your cabinets right on top of that, which is also a great way to do it. So I recommend you check both of those out. I'll put a link. We'll put links in the show notes as well mm -hmm. so you can find them so easy. Hey, thank you to OJ. Uh, who's in the chat for the oh, super yeah. chat? You didn't say anything, which oh. is so not like you. So oh, I'm just making sure you're okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so quiet today. Uh, Brad Quaid says. Quaid. He says something about that. You made a quick comment last time about the <laughs> lack of stacked dado blades for European table saws. You discussed the implication that it was a safety thing. <clears throat> that being the case, what alternative method do they use to cut dados, grooves, and rabbits? Uh, with routers or something else, by what method, with guides, exact jigs? Well, here's the thing. I don't live there. I don't know. But I do want to update you on that. I got a number of people who are in that area that say that it is not outlawed. It's just mm -hmm. not as easily adaptable to every saw as it is here in the States. So it is not something that's outlawed. Um, but you can find certain brands and certain types of saws where a data stack can be installed. I, I misspoke. I, I just, that's what I heard in the past, and apparently I'm wrong. Spreading those rumors. <clears throat> just, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but I would say the alternatives to dados there would be exactly the same as the alternatives here. They would probably use things like a router. Mm -hmm. That would probably be the primary uh, tool for that. Uh, oh, and he says, Quaid. He says in your intro Sorry. last week, which made me feel like it was a combination of the Fonz from Happy Days and Norm from Cheers. <laughs> 
<laughs> but what it actually was is Total Recall. It's Total Recall. Yeah. So the guy, what's the guy's name? Uh, the little, the little guy. Yeah. No. But du what's the character's name? The Schwarzenegger character. He's Doug Douglas Quaid. Maybe. Donnie Quaid. Yeah. Danny uh, Quaid. Yeah, I don't remember. His, his name is Quaid, and, and the little guy comes name. out of the, the stomach. Quaid, come right. closer. Come yeah. closer. It's so gross. <laughs> uh, Scott Morris wants to know what, when, when, and what, or whatever Who's is you? the next beginners project. What am I going to make next? Hmm. Nicole's bathroom thingy. On the, hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at this. The, if you a, want to simplify it a little bit, we can do that. Yeah, I've uh, got a, I got a few different projects lined up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll we get, do we'll do something. I told her if people really like it. And the feedback is good. We may be stuck doing this again. And he's also going to make videos because I really want him to, like, outline everything he did, like, with that miter station. He had already done all that stuff, so there needs yeah. to be a video showing how do you kind of... Well, that's why I did the block plane first. That was mm -hmm. one thing I needed to have done. Uh, the calibration of the miter saw, there really wasn't much to do, but that would be something that we would do as well. We'd look at the calibration, show people how to set it up. Don't forget to breathe. Nicole. I breathe. It's very important. <laughs> Apple wants you to breathe. Okay, Black Goat Woodworking. <laughs> Says, I'm purchasing... You guys ever see the videos of screaming goats on YouTube? So many screaming goats. It's, it might be one of the most fantastic things I've seen. Uh, they're, they're awesome. Yeah, I watch them are. with the kids all the time. They're very great. Okay, Black Goat Woodworking is purchasing a lathe in the next week or two when it comes in. And since you don't turn much, I was wondering if you reach for the carbide or high-speed steel when you do. Uh, being new to turning, adding the learning curve of sharpening in addition to turning seems like a lot, but I didn't know if you had a recommendation. I really need to see one of Ashley's guild projects now. Okay, if you are looking to really get into turning, right? Like that is appealing to you. You want to make bowls, you want to make vessels, you want to make all kinds of stuff. Um, I actually would encourage you to go traditional. Uh, the carbide tools are great. And for someone like me who just doesn't turn very often, I'm going to grab the carbide because it's been a long time since I've touched, you know, the, the, a bowl gouge or a spindle gouge. And I don't, I've never really learned how to use them uh, in spite of watching Ashley and her amazing turning mm -hmm. skills. I'm focusing on filming. I'm actually not focusing on what she's saying <laughs> at all. I'm focusing on the, uh, the turning, uh, but people are going to take that in a different direction. Bit filming. <laughs> yes, I'm focused on the production. Yeah, and uh, and and I, you know, I, I don't really love turning, so it's not something I pay a whole lot of attention to. Um, so yeah, I reach for the carbide, but I think if you're going to be the best turner you can be, you're going to want to use those traditional tools, and you're going to want to learn to sharpen. You're the best around. around. It's not actually not even that difficult. Um, you know, actually doing a 40-40 grind is pretty straightforward. It takes a little bit of practice. You just need a grinder, a couple of wheels on there. She recommends the CBN wheels. Um, if it's in the budget, at least check out... Well, think about what you want to do first. Do you want to do spindles or bowls? Whichever one you want to do first, pick that series, and I highly recommend it. I'm going to... Um, going to send a link to you, thewoodwhispererguild.com, underneath projects. You can even sort it by instructor, which you're looking for, Ashley Harwood. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, I don't get the link when I do that. Okay. But. Uh, fantastic. She's a great teacher, and you cannot go wrong. I think you should watch that so that you can kind of get an idea. Maybe that will help you make the decision of which way you want to go. But the quality of cut, the versatility of the tools, um, it's, it's definitely the way to go if you really want to call yourself 
a turner long term. I don't mean it to be disparaging to people who go car buy because sometimes that's just the easier thing to do. It's why I do it. Um, but I, I really do think you get better results with a finely sharpened traditional tool. <laughs> Charles says, wow, I thought it was Friday morning and somehow I lost 12 hours of my life. Yeah. No, Charles, we've moved the show to Thursday nights um, to try to adjust for his voice and just well, our schedule. Well, and if you think about it, the show, ideally, we used to always do live shows at night. That's when people mm -hmm. are home. Yeah. Once we had kids and then we lost our support where uh, my mom wasn't around to watch the kids for us, we couldn't do night shows anymore. We had to do morning shows. So we just made the most of it. And then it kind of, between me <laughs> having a better voice at yeah. night and also, you know, my mom being around, it was like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't we just doing the show on, you know, a Thursday night or mm -hmm. something? Um, so that's that's what brings us here. Welcome, Chris Kalnassi. He hasn't been able to attend a live meet. A oh, live my good buddy. Yeah. Hey, Kevin wanted to know what finish would you recommend for? Should a, I crack this beer? Uh, sure. A maple dining table. Oh, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever. Do you have kids? Because well, you want to get something repairable if you have kids. <laughs> I am on the Rubio train. Yeah, I know. Chuchubio. Right. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a. Uh, Phil Collins, choo choo choo, 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 choo um, So, I, you know, I've got a cherry <laughs> table in the kitchen, and I have finished that with Rubio. Not the most protective finish, but it will stop stains and liquids from absorbing. You can clean it up before it really becomes a problem. What do you use for, like, a glass finish? Well, then you're looking at your varnishes, your lacquers, uh, you know, pre-cat lacquer, conversion varnish. Gotcha. Lots of hardcore things. So I think it really depends on your goals for something like that. Um, but if you're going to use something like Rubio on a dining table, you got to know what you're in for, right? You can't expect it to be something it's not. Um, I know that as soon as a, uh, something gets damaged on that table, mm -hmm. I can very easily spot clean it, uh, sand it back, hit it with a little bit of finish, and it's good to go. So that's why I like to use it on surfaces where you might not normally think to use it. It's a surface that I know will get beat up, and I know I'm going to have to refresh that finish. And that, to me, is why that's the, the perfect thing. Ah, uh, kids. They want to ruin everything that you own. Bill wants to know if I brought enough just beer for the whole it. class. <laughs> he nope, didn't. just me. Okay, Chris. Chris All right. Okay, Mateo. Yeah, I got you need it. to stop that kid. <laughs> Chris uh, Ferringer says, sorry to hear about Millie. Losing a dog is always rough. My heart is saddened for you and your family. Wishing you all the best during this time. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate that. It's uh, It was a tough week. Um, when it comes to finishing toward the end, I was taught to use steel wool to get the little nibs knocked off, uh, leaving a nice smooth finish. Annoying thing about the steel wool is you take the time to blow off the piece, then tack cloth to it, and uh, you still get those little tiny fibers that go into the last coat. Um, my question is, is there something out there better than steel wool to use between coats? I use 4 steel wool prior to my second to last and last coat. Do we... Uh, we spray deft lacquer finish on all of our items. Appreciate the suggestions or thoughts you may have. Thanks for all you do. Um, okay, so there is a synthetic steel wool that, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't fray as much, doesn't break apart. I think Liberon is the brand. Um, so I've got some of that stuff, but even that stuff. Oh, yeah, Liberon like, steel wool. If There are a couple things that really irk me, like the sensation irks me. One of those is oily stuff on my skin right? Mm -hmm. Like an oil-based lotion of some I kind. I can't even put chapstick on and give him a kiss. Yeah, kissing my wife when she's got chapstick on. She doesn't really wear lipstick, so that's not an issue. Because of you? No. You weren't exactly I like... A, I didn't wear it before. You know, <laughs> a cover girl back then. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things, is oily stuff. But the feel of steel wool. 
I don't like the feel oh, still. I don't like something it about it. No, thank you. It, it almost hurts my teeth. Yeah, yeah. It's just a weird texture. Uh, so there are like what you're doing with this process is lightly abrading the surface and the grit that you use is going to determine what that surface looks like when you're done. So steel wool is a common thing. It's a very fine abrasive, but it is an abrasive. So you can absolutely get there with other products. You could use things like Scotch-Brite pads, which come in different colors, different grades. You might be looking at, gosh, I don't even know which ones are which, um, maybe the maroon or even the white. The white is a really fine one. Um, you can use things like sandpaper. So you get the high grit automotive papers. Um, for finished sanding, you know, maybe between grits, you're hitting it with like 320. Toward the last coats, you might be bumping up to four or 500. Uh, and then if you have to abrade the finish after it's completely done, depending on what sheen you want, you might go to 2000, you know, it just kind of depends. Uh, the other thing you can do, an old school trick, I never really had a whole lot of luck with it, so I haven't done it, but people talk about using brown paper bags. So if you just get a brown paper bag, it actually has abrasive qualities to it. Yeah, it does. You can use that to uh, rub down on the surface and clean that up a little bit. Did you ever um, uh, wrap brown paper bags around your books at the beginning of the school year? Yeah, that's how you wrap your books. <laughs> draw, draw them. If we didn't have money to get, like, <laughs> G.I. Joe I mean, covers. Me neither. That's why I was like, I, that was my favorite thing to do. Was to it actually, like... The, the things about the beginning of the school year that yeah. were fun were that kind of like, oh, I got to wrap my books. I got to organize my trapper keeper <laughs> by subject. <laughs> and, uh, and our son has a Chromebook. Yes. So, times have changed, Nicole. Yeah. We're very old. Wrap that Chromebook. Uh, we should wrap it in brown paper <laughs> just to see what it does. You would go, what? Did you see this story I did? If you guys haven't seen the story on Instagram I posted tonight... Uh, with Mateo with his art light box. It's pretty funny. Very genuine reaction from him. It was pretty funny. Uh, if you're not familiar, Mark is on Instagram as uh, Wood Whisperer. So it's Instagram.com slash Wood Whisperer. Yep. And actually, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a little lower third here. Oh, yeah. We do have a lower third now. That actually has boop, boop. Twitter and Instagram. And that's me. Because nobody care about Facebook. <laughs> um, all right. So James Woodward... <laughs> says, I'm looking to get an HVLP system to spray paint and finishes on some projects. There's a very wide range from a $100 gun that you can connect to a compressor uh, to a few thousand dollars for a powerful self-contained system. I think I'm more interested in the system with its own turbine, and I'm trying to figure out what features or price point to look at to ensure that I get something that will give decent results without spending a fortune. Okay. <clears throat> Entry Good level. Buddy. Oh my gosh, we're gonna... <clears throat> what? Well, uh... I looked at the clock and then I realized we started late. So mm -hmm. I don't know what time we're doing anything now. Neither do I. We're only 15 minutes late. Oh, okay. Yeah. Entry level stuff can work. If you really need to get your, your foot in the door with HVLP, Rockler sells a great HVLP system that's entry level. Uh, I believe it's like a rebranded Erlex. And of course, Erlex sells systems too. Mm -hmm. Those are pretty good if you just want to get in there and get some spraying done. If you, you know, where you're going to find the, the drawback of those systems is typically plastic components, plastic parts on the gun, plastic cup. Um, they're just not going to be as durable in the long run, and, and certainly the turbine is not as powerful. I don't have a lot of experience with other turbine systems outside of the Fuji line. Um, Apollo makes some great sprayers. Uh, Cam Campbell, Campbell, help me out, chat. Campbell Housefield, Cam something like that is ringing a bell. I don't know. I just think soup. Yeah, Campbell's Soup, Housefield. <laughs> Who? Anyway, uh, but Fuji is the brand that I've used. Um, it was the first HVLP I purchased when I started my business. They were at the trade show in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they that's 
how I remember them. They were really doing the circuit. The you woodwork. sure that wasn't Erlex? No, it was, well, no, it was Fuji Spray because we met the guy. He had the ponytail and he was doing the demos for Fuji Spray. All the ponytail guys run together for me, Nicole. I can't separate them in my mind, <laughs> including John. But, but John it was, has a ponytail. It was now. the woodworking shows, and they came. It was when they were coming to the West Coast, and it was in uh, Phoenix. We did a video about oh, I it. That. Yeah, the the tour of the woodworking yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Fuji has a especially in the last few years, they've expanded the line beyond their like Q3, Q2, Q4 system. Uh, they have like the semi-pro, the hobby pro. I don't remember the differences between them, but if I was trying to get a budget system, that's where I would start. Look at the hobby pro and the semi-pro systems. Uh, if you want to step it up from there, uh, look at their, you know, I would recommend for most woodworkers, try to get at least a three-stage turbine. You can get away with a, a two-stage, but if you think someday you're going to want to push some latex through that thing, you want at least a three-stage turbine. Um, and your budget really is going to be the limit. Go as high as your budget can, can stand, and you'll be happier with the results. Uh, and the build quality of everything. The hose gets better when you put more money into it. The turbine itself is better when you put more money into it. Um, you'll find the needle and caps might be more robust and just give you a finer spray. Uh, and overall, the number of stages is going to make it more powerful, so you don't have to dilute finishes as much. Uh, my five-stage turbine could probably atomize pancake batter. It's, uh, it's that powerful, so... Um, that means I could be, if you're someone like me who doesn't really do all the calculations and things you should be doing for <laughs> viscosity, and you get your viscosity cup and you're timing it like this, I don't do that. Um, I just kind of look at it and say, is that thick? Okay, maybe i add something to thin it out, or maybe I'll just let it go and see what happens. Craven said Graco airless sprayers. Those are just, aren't those? Well, Graco airless sprayers paint. are primarily for paint. They do try to convince you they will also spray clear finishes. I tried them. Uh -huh. And I did not have good luck with them. That doesn't mean that they can't do it. Right. It means in my hands, the airless system did not perform well for me with anything but paint. Uh, generally speaking, airless systems are going to be good for pushing out those thick-bodied paints. Um, you know, they, you don't really need atomization of a paint. You just need something to put it on the wall. Um, but when it comes to clear finishes, atomization becomes much more important. And I found that that just didn't really do it for me. It's not the all-in-one solution that they tried to sell it as when, gotcha. when they sent us one. Wes Brown had a question. How do you check the straightness of a straight edge without a known dead flat surface? How straight is straight enough, specifically when setting up a jointer bed as accurately as possible? It's a hard question to answer because... There, I don't think there's really a number I can give you that is sensible. When I checked mine, here's two things. You don't know that your beds are dead flat. You don't know that the straight edge that you're uh, using is perfectly straight. So this is why a lot of us will just, you know, it kind of is expensive, but we bite the bullet and we buy something like a four foot straight edge from Lee Valley that has a rating for this how one? far. Yeah, just the black one. The black one or the green one? The black one. That's not, that's a, that's a drawing bow. Oh, that's behind this one. Yep. There's like three things behind it. Well, that's because I store things on there, Nicole. <laughs> you don't have to get it. It's okay. fine. All right. But it's like a four foot straight edge. Um, it comes with a, you know, like a certification or a rating that tells you how far out it might be. But that's usually my gold standard. I actually have another steel straight edge that's shorter. Um, that is, you know, even more accurate and more robust because that other one's aluminum. Uh, and that's kind of what I rely on to tell me what true straight is. But when you're talking about applications for a jointer, the only thing I could say to you, the simplest thing I could say, 
get it as close as you can without driving yourself nuts, right? And then test it, right? That's the thing. A lot of people are calibrating tools to some whatever number, however many Mm -hmm. digits you want to go with it, um, without actually answering the most important question is what are the results, right? So you could spend all day squaring a jointer fence, right? And you go, you could, you could put hours into it. You get it dead on square and then you joint a board and it's not square. Why? Because maybe the table isn't flat and it's just not perfect. So the best thing to do is to look at the work, right? So if the work is coming out good enough, then you have it good enough. So. Which Fuji spray were you talking about? Um, Joe. (laughs) Paul says, I see Mark's taking medicine for his throat. (laughs) Daddy's medicine. (laughs) Is it the Fuji Hmm? three? What, the one that I have? The one that you were talking about. Fuji Q5 is Q- the one I have. You have the Q5. I would say at least one of the thir- three-stage. Uh, they, I'm assuming the product line hasn't changed that much. They used to have for each stage the Q version, which stands for quiet, and right. then the Mini Mite, which is yes. just as powerful, but it doesn't have whatever insulating stuff that's involved to uh, to kind of deaden the sound. I wear ear protection no mm-hmm. matter what. So unless you're worried about like someone else being around who doesn't have ear protection, I actually think it's better to just save the money. Get the mini mic. You get all the power. You just, you know, you're probably wearing ear protection anyway because they just sound like a loud vacuum cleaner. Because the mini mic 3 comes in at uh, $695. Mm-hmm. Pretty affordable. Well. I mean, I mean for HVLP. Depending. I guess. But. Look at the hobby. When you front. look, but if you look at like the Q5, which is like a thousand dollars, thousand dollars more. That's me spoiling myself, Nicole. Is what that is. What? You better make sure that that camera. I heard a tick. Nope. I don't know uh, what you're. I hearing. heard a tick, like it went off. <laughs> Inspector Nicole over. Oh, better check it. Um, the look at the. That's why I recommend the Hobby Pro and the Semi Pro systems. Mm-hmm. Much more budget friendly. Okay. From Fuji. Uh, okay. I think that is all my questions. It is all down to you. Oh, that's all the questions? That's all the pre-selected questions I have. All right. I do have, I've been grabbing them. And I will look at the chat now. Florida bearded woodworker. Ooh, hey. All right. (laughs) I have a Supermax uh, 1632 drum sander. Didn't you have that one? Yeah, I had a Supermax at one point. Um, The conveyor belt is not tracking correctly. And Laguna was no help. Told me to buy a new belt. The machine is brand new. Adjusted per instructions. Don't you hate it when you hear stories like this? Ugh. Like somebody with a brand new tool and they don't get the support that they need. And these horror stories, they happen, right? Yeah. Every company, I don't care. Every single one. Who it is, with the exception of Lee Valley, uh, most companies, let's say, they drop the ball once in a while. And sometimes I just wonder, is it like maybe the, the customer service person was having a bad day? Maybe. You know, who knows? Maybe try um, calling them again. Maybe get somebody different. Yeah. Can you call for him? I'm not, I can't call. I don't, I don't know anybody at Laguna. Are you serious about that? I've actually done that before. You called no, a company I on call. someone's behalf? I emailed. Well, look at you. <laughs> what a good Samaritan you are. <laughs> I don't know. You got any well, recommendations? Tracking those belts can be a huge pain. There's usually tensioners on there. And if it's just not, you know, if it's just a little bit off, your your belt seems to wander. Uh, I can tell you, thankfully, I haven't had that problem to deal with very often. So it's not something I even have done in like the last 10 years. Uh, every drum sander I've had, it came calibrated. It was ready to go. And I never had to do anything with it. So I'm going to throw this to the chat. If anybody has recommendations for him, um, and maybe, I don't know if anybody, it's a slim chance, but if anybody from associated with Laguna is uh, is here or watching or you know someone there, 
uh, give them a shout out and tell them a customer needs a little bit of help. And buying a new belt doesn't really seem to be a good solution for, for that. For a brand new tool. Yeah, for a brand new tool. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even seem like that would fix the problem. Uh, Sebastian said, I tried vinegar and steel wool to ebonize ash and oak. The result is disappointing. <laughs> Instead, it turned black. Mm. Isn't that ebonizing, though? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, oh, instead of turning black, <laughs> I thought it said, instead it turned black. I'm like, wait, you did it. That's the point. You got Yay! it. He said, no, instead of turning black, yeah. it turned a kind of tobacco brown. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, there's India ink. There are black dyes. Uh, when, you're, when you're going to a jet black sort of color, um, you know, a, a cool chemical change like that is pretty cool. It's fun to do. But if it doesn't quite get you there, help it along. Use something that has pigments and dyes in it with black um, that can help you stay with a true black and not something that, like, you know, veers off into purple. Um, so I've got some black dye that I've had for ages. Um, I've, and I think it was Charles Neal mm -hmm. used to recommend India ink, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Um, but that's what I would recommend. Go go with black uh, coloring agents and not just totally rely on a chemical reaction. Um, okay. Did you have a question? I got more questions. Worth effort as a question. Actually, it's a good question. It's something I've thought about. You said, nah, to a CNC for your shop for a decade. Obviously, I now have one. Um, what are the odds a welder might migrate in? Well, I would say there's a good chance of that. And it, it's going to probably require a visit from a friend who knows how to weld or I may be <laughs> I may be somewhere and a person can teach me how to weld. I probably will not go out and actually buy welding equipment welding and is, figure it out. Welding is pretty stinky too. It's messy, messy stinky, messy. a little intimidating. Yeah. But I would need that hand holding and I've always thought that welding would be a very handy skill to have. I mean there's times I've thought about, you know, a furniture design or something where I could use a something that's metal. Here's a good example. We have, uh, here, here's a good example, Where? Nicole. We have uh, window wells for the basement all uh, around our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One in particular is actually in the backyard, and we have a table out there. So the back chair of that table, if the table is where we want it to be, that chair half sits on the wheel well, or the, the window well. Uh, and we have a, um, it's just like a thin, very thin metal grate that's on top of there. It's very scary. Well, we had new ones made by another company. They're yeah. great. They're on the side of the house. No one goes over there. They're still thin, but not to the point that I would, you know, really trust mm -hmm. them. Um, and I'm like, you know what? If I had just an ounce of welding skill, mm -hmm. I could just go buy some materials and I could put something together. Does and Cremona do welding? He does. Why he does we lots of welding. Bring him on out here. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Well, there was a pandemic. Yeah, he usually, that's true. He visits almost once, you know, we were on this habit of once a year. You get your shot tomorrow. Oh, I do. Um, so that would honestly be it. I, I think um, Andy does some welding too. Mm, okay. So I think if, if a friend of mine shows me how to do it, then it might be something I would get into. It'd be hard in this shop though, because this is 100% wood shop. Um, to try to make some space to safely do welding mm -hmm. would be a big challenge for me in here. I got a question from Matthew Bowman. I'm currently making the Meyer station from the guild. Uh, making the doors right now. Couldn't afford the hardwood. Is it stupid to make a raised panel door with three quarter inch plywood strips and the four inch panel? No. I mean, you, so you're using the plywood for the rails and styles on your raised panel doors? What is he doing? I don't know. He said he's. Let me read it. It's right here. 
making uh, the doors right now. Is it stupid to make hard. raised panel doors with three quarter inch plywood strips and the quarter inch panel? Yeah, he's just so plywood frame and panel mm-hmm. with no, not at all. I mean, it's it's not ideal, but it's shop furniture and it'll be just fine. Um, you know, I've got plywood, you know, for my drawer fronts works just fine. I got some solid over there. It looks better, but uh, you know, we're talking just shop furniture. I think it looks fine. I, you might want to edge out the frame, like once you're done, put some solid wood edging on there, trim it out so you don't have that, you know, potentially fraying, splintering plywood edge on there. Um, but uh, yeah, man, just, I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine, Nicole. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Jeff uh, said vinegar and steel takes a really long time to become potent. Ash doesn't, oh, ash doesn't have a very high tanning Tanning content so it's not a great wood for that method you need to coat the wood in black tea first yep black Mm. tea has tannins there you go biff tannin yeah doug colbert says making a kids project with some plywood edges we'll be painting any filler recommendations i've heard spackle sure i just wanted to say spackle spackle uh joint compound and wood filler any preferences all three of those work. Uh, you know, wood filler is probably going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you have to do a lot of this, I think joint compound is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that you pretty much named the ones that I would consider. And I, if I were doing a lot of it, joint compound, if, you know, because I got a big bucket of that in the basement. <laughs> uh, What's the difference between spackle oh, and joint know. compound? Do I look like a person like who would, would know I that? I would think they would be similar. I think they are often used interchangeably. Okay. I don't know that that is accurate. <laughs> it's beer, Nicole. <laughs> it's beer 30. Um, so, yes, that. What else we got? Mike Larson says, quick question about sanding after gluing any light-colored board, my, maple, cherry, oak, with Paduke, the red sawdust always seems to get into the grain of the lighter wood. Any ways of preventing that? Yeah, I mean, it is a challenge when you're combining that oily exotic next to a domestic that's a light color, you know, from finishing to gluing, these things all create problems. Um, what you may want to do is maybe wipe down that Paduke before you do the glue up, um, which isn't a bad idea anyway, especially if you're trying to glue with a water-based glue or something. Uh, hit it with a little bit of acetone, denatured alcohol, something that wipes off the surface oil. That actually makes the, uh, you know, if you're just using Type-Bond or whatever, that actually makes the bond uh, a little bit better. You're getting that surface oil Is off of there. Is it a Type-Bond? Yeah, that Type-Bond will give you a Type-Bond. <laughs> Um, and that will also get that surface dust because a lot of times it's not, not just the wood itself. It's that fine dust that kind of becomes, once it's mixed with something else, becomes a bit of a, a dye that leaches into the, the brightly colored woods. Um, so that would be my primary defense against that is try to get that dust off of there, vacuum off as much as you can. And what you can't get, go to that joint and just wipe the edge and, you know, a little bit on the top surface and bottom surface. Clean it up real good, put those together, and it, it should be okay. I don't do a whole lot of this these days, um, but in the past, that was one of the tricks that I would employ. If you find anything in the chat that you want to throw up, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to keep ans- asking okay. questions. Rob says, Paduke smells nice. Yeah, it does. Uh, Weston says, question about gluing. When it comes to wood glue, we know... End grain is super weak. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about parallel long grain contact panels versus perpendicular long grain contact, mortise and tenon or lap? What? <laughs> long grain to long grain is strong no matter whether it is uh, you know parallel or perpendicular. So what he's saying, I don't have any good examples here. Here are two boards. 
-hmm. We're gluing the faces together. The grain is now parallel. That joint is going to be just as strong as if I turned one of those boards 90 degrees and now I have a perpendicular joint. It's still long grain to long grain. That's going to be just fine. Side grain to side grain is the same thing. Two boards edge to edge, two boards perpendicular edge to edge, making a cross shape. It'll be just as strong. There's really, as far as I'm aware, no difference between that at all. The difference happens because end grain, if you think of wood like a bunch of straws, I use this analogy all the time, it's like a bunch of straws. The end grain is a bunch of openings to those straws. So when you put glue there, it just sucks it all in. And it's not a really strong bond because a lot of the, um, the action of the glue is deprived from the joint because it sucks all that glue into the end grain. Um, but on the long grain, the face grain, uh, you don't have that situation. So the wood is able to bond, or the glue is able to bond to the fibers and then just kind of fuse those pieces together. But again, orientation, to my knowledge, makes no difference. Uh, the Splinter Monkey says, what is a decent air filtration set up, set up on a budget mm -hmm. with limited power capacity in the shop? A box fan and mm -hmm. a filter. Mm -hmm. You could rig up something to hold the filter in place. It could be as simple as um, tape. bungee, well, tape, <laughs> bungee cord, yeah. you know, whatever it takes. Get a furnace filter, slap that bad boy on the back of the fan, and there is a lightweight, portable air filter. I want to say I, I remember a box fan that had, like, the ability to, with a slot in it. It was a company. A company, yeah. Filter a fan? Does that ring a bell? I don't know. Filter? Yeah, filter a fan. I don't know if they're still around, but they made... <laughs> I can't even... Am I not? I don't even know. Filter a fan... You're getting like sports results. I know. Yeah, there's, it's, well, there's a two-on-one system. Right there. Yeah. Eagle America. Filter oh, Eagle America has them. Well, it says currently, currently unavailable. unavailable. So clearly it sold really well. <laughs> so it was a box fan that had a plastic housing on the back that just allowed you to drop that thing in. But dude, we're talking about a budget. Yeah. Get a box fan, put a filter on the back of it, get a bungee cord, rope, tape, whatever it takes, put that on there. If it even look, needs anything. Look at that. Look at that one. Lasco Airflex, yeah. two-in-one, 20-inch box fan and air purifier in one. It's 53 bucks. But that's actually the fan, right? Yeah, you get the fan and the filter. It's not just the, the clip-on thing. Yeah, you get both. Yeah. So I'll throw it in the Amazon store well, for if you want to check just, it out. If, you're, if you had to buy a fan anyway, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great deal. There you go. And it actually gets good reviews. It has look, almost five stars. With something like that, that's the thing you're going to carry around with you. If you're sanding over there, bring it next to you, right? You go sand over here, bring it over there. You want it right next to you. It's not super powerful, but anything that is released into the air right next to it, it's going to catch it. There you go. Um, okay. You got a question? I got one okay, from... Okay, hold on. I got a, a very important question from Eric P. Eric! Here we go. New to woodworking, but what would you recommend for where to start? I would re actually recommend a video that was released a half hour ago. Half hour ago, yeah. <laughs> On our channel, you will find a video featuring Nicole um, building a blanket ladder. It's as basic as we can get. And what I will tell you about this is if you look at other beginner focused, you know, series mm -hmm. or DIY type projects, a lot of people are just kind of the the... How they get it done isn't that important to them. It's getting a finished product that is as good or better than something they could have purchased, right? It, my goal is not that. I really want people to, you know, they're starting off on a new journey into woodworking. So when I pick certain things, for instance, dowels, 
Um, it's, there's a very specific reason I did that instead of using something like pocket screws. So the videos you know, that we do for beginners are with the expectation that you're probably gonna wanna go further in this. Even though we are starting at the beginning, I make certain choices where someone else might go, well, why would you use dowels for that blanket ladder? You could mm -hmm. just use pocket screws. Because ultimately, dowels are much more like a mortise and tenon than a pocket screw. And the concept of drilling into one piece, drilling into the other piece, and then putting them together is just like a loose mortise and tenon. Right? Conceptually, that is the, you know, the thing that starts this journey into real wood joinery. So anyway, I'm going to recommend our own video as a place to start. Uh, it's a fun one. It's a very long one, but lots of good information if you're new. Sit down, grab a beer, watch it. Um, and there's a free plan. And there's a free plan with it too. Um, and the entire toolkit that I use for that entire project, from clamps, doesn't include the wood. Oh, yeah. Just the, the tools. And all reusable on other projects, everything was under 500 bucks. And that's a, a very basic toolkit that will get you started down a woodworking direction. Well, it gets your collection going. Yeah. So... If you go to our website or even on the I YouTube just, channel. I, I link to the post on the website. Okay, but we have a beginner category on our website where anything that we think is beginner friendly, we've put into that category. And we do. you can find that. We also have that on the uh, YouTube channel as a playlist, I think, or something. I don't know. Where's the beginner friendly category? I don't see a beginner. Uh, under friendly. videos, there's a category called beginner. Oh, you have to go to videos. Maybe? Mm. I don't know. Categories. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Welcome to the website, Nicole. <laughs> we have features. Um, and here's the oh, thing. Oh, for beginners. Look at that. Oh, yeah. look at that. So, of course, I'm going to recommend my own stuff. That said, you're on YouTube, and there's just tons of stuff. And, and I think the problem is that paralysis analysis, mm -hmm. uh, analysis paralysis situation. There's almost too much information there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take it easy. It, it was. It's crazy, because if you're new to us. This is crazy. This is crazy. If you're new to us... We actually started producing videos back in 2006. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it doesn't feel that long, but it was yes, when it YouTube had just launched. I think YouTube launched in 2005. Mm -hmm. Yep. Most audio and video content were all on iTunes. iTunes is where you went. You can still go to iTunes, but really YouTube kind of took over the, the video market. Sure. But yeah, that's what... You can also find us on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, and if you're in the United States or the UK, you can watch the first, I call them seasons, but it's the first 15 years of The Wood Whisperer there. Mm -hmm. One after another. There's just, a lot of them. Just let them roll, baby. <laughs> so you're, you're in here, for a cool journey. Here's the thing. You have a lot to watch. Yes. And the more you watch, yeah, it might get a little bit confusing, but you'll start to see the way people do things. You'll start to see what tools they use, how they accomplish certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you is look at what people are building. If they're building things you want or things you want to build, if their style matches your style, then you can start to emulate some of the things that they use to execute, right? That's, that's always mm -hmm. a good way to do it. Um, if, if, the way, if the things I build just don't gel with you, you're not that interested in those things, then I might not be the guy to follow, even though my techniques are sound. Um, the, I use a specific set of tools to get that job done and to make those pieces of furniture, right? So at least for me, it always helps if the person is someone who mm -hmm. I want to emulate sure. because of what they build. Yeah. It's easier when you pick something that you want. That's totally. how I got into quilting. I wanted a quilt. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, HCC8860, uh, looking for a bandsaw blade brand recommendations. 
just went through this. I, Did I, you? Well, with the, not. I didn't. What I mean is, I personally went through this. Ah, uh, yes. Um, we have a bunch of Carter. I'm going to tell you, you know, based on the experience that I had, check local first. Mm. We, I didn't know this until I had a bandsaw problem. We have a bandsaw blade company here locally that was like 10 minutes away um, that was able to cut and weld a bandsaw blade for me in like 20 minutes. So if you can get something local, go local. If you can't go local, um, Carter, I'm going to give uh, Alex Snodgrass a shout out. Um, he has sent me mm-hmm. some Carter blades in the past and they are pretty fantastic. He um, actually came out to the shop and did, was it two videos on bandsaw yeah, setup? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Wood Slicer is a good brand uh, mm-hmm. that I've had personal experience with. And uh, we'll stop there. Yep. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> uh, Got a question here from Jeff. He says, have you done a video on compound miter frames or trays? Uh-uh. Compound miter. Nope. I haven't. Have you ever done a project? Oh, sure. Was the was the big um, serving tray? Uh Remember no. with the sun inlay? Yeah, yeah. Those were not compound miters. Okay. Those were big, thick pieces that got mitered, and then almost like a molding sort uh, of uh, profile was added that made them look more complex. Gotcha. I haven't. I'm sorry. I haven't. Um, Scott Morris, you know, has a good point. Just the thought about this. He says, oh, look, these things are still not sized right. Um, but some of these beginner shows are beginners themselves, and I have noticed that they are teaching the wrong things, uh. lessons that they have not learned from yet. Yeah, I think that's that can happen. I was there in 2006. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I had 20 years of experience behind me. Um, I was just doing my best, but I did try to only share information that I knew something about. Um, what you'll find... You read a lot, too. I did read a lot. I did he a has lot this of weird ability to be... I don't have this ability to read a book Oops. and then, like remember it i have to, if it's what I have i'm interested to in do yeah. to learn i'm a uh, well trust me in school it wasn't like i just read about history and knew it <laughs> yeah, it has to be stuff i care about yeah um so yes what was i going to say um lost my train of thought with this advice i don't know it, he was talking about be careful who you're watching for beginners. Oh, well, stuff. yeah, and a lot of times what you're going to find on YouTube, I mean, this is the good thing about it, but also the bad thing about it, is you have people who are actually doing something for the very first time, and they're showing you it. Now, are they necessarily saying that, hey, I'm a professional, I've been doing this forever, mm-hmm. I've done a million of these, and they're lying? No, they're just sharing what they're doing. Yeah, it's almost but, like a diary, a video diary of mm-hmm. sorts. And people are getting really good with video. So with the video quality, the audio quality, when all that is there... And you see someone who is showing how they're doing something for the first time. I think people have an impression that they're teaching. And that may not be their intention at all. They can't. It's not like they're going to dumb down their video just because it's something they don't have a ton of experience in. So I do think it can give the wrong impression sometimes. uh, Where someone, you know, I've done barbecue videos. This is a good example. Ah, yes. I've done my barbecue videos on a, I have a second channel on YouTube, TWW Barbecue. Go subscribe. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) I say so myself. (laughs) But I'm a self-confessed, you know, beginner in barbecue. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's not something I've done enough that I consider myself experienced. But I love talking about it. I love cooking. I love experimenting. So all of my videos, when I do a barbecue video, really are just kind of experiments for for what I do uh, outside. So the problem is the video quality is pretty darn good. So you have people who come and watch this who disagree with what I did and then are coming at me. Oh, man. Like, you, got, you got a guy on Amazon who does not like you. Oh, that dude was a turd. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It, but but I can see how that misinterpretation may happen in that yeah. situation when you present yourself professionally, but you are even if you say you're an amateur or that you don't know what you're doing, uh, people will think something different when they see professional mm -hmm. video. Uh, Joe had a question. He's getting ready to build the executive desk. Oh, good. Desk and was also thinking of adap adapting the gaming. Oh, the gaming desktop for the executive desktop. So the light one. I'm thinking that's what the the gaming. Oh, so he wants to do the gaming table, the gaming desktop Top for the executive desk. For the executive desk. Does he have a question? He just said, "What are your thoughts?" Well, listen. I was. If you're going to do that. You got to find a different way. I was okay with uh, disobeying wood movement rules with the way that I assembled that top. That was a smaller top on the, a top uh, that was basically two by four. Yeah, my desk is much bigger than that, and if you go to that scale, like I, I'm already pushing my luck with that desk. Mm -hmm. I would hesitate to tell you to do what I did on the scale of that big desktop, executive desktop. Um, so if you're going to do the LED thing and that's just appealing to you, you want to do that, go for it, but find a different way. And there are some pretty good alternatives. Go read the comments on that video um, and read the comments if you can on some of my Instagram posts when I was experimenting with it. Tons of suggestions. Um, I just couldn't stop what I was doing and redo it all. I just had to see it through and that's why my video turned out the way that it did. I can still say as an update, the tables are fine. Mm -hmm. the, the tops yeah. of those desks are perfectly fine. fine so far. Uh, Rob said he has a similar problem as you. He finds it harder to watch the older videos because the quality isn't as good. Yep. Um, and the video quality is so much better now. I will say on Amazon, I, I uploaded the highest quality. So if you're looking for the best version of our videos, in those earlier times, Amazon is going to be the place to find them well, all. Well, it sucks because we actually do have higher resolution yeah. copies of just about every video in our and library. That, and those are the ones I used for Amazon. But we are not, like, YouTube does not allow video replacement. Mm -hmm. They did it, a, there was a time when they did. You have to have a certain If you number. hit a threshold yeah. of a certain, like, like a million views, you can change that video. And I did it for two of them. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have tons of videos going over a million views so it wasn't even something that was eligible for us right uh, and most of the ones that we have at higher numbers were later videos um, so yeah it just sucks i would love to be able to replace those it's like it benefits them to do it but i think sure. the infrastructure con it's con hard. like confirming that the video hasn't actually changed in its content they probably I think have to trick. manually review it because i imagine people People might want to go back and remove a sponsor or mm -hmm. something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just clean it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd be tempted to do that. Mm -hmm. Get fine woodworking out of those early videos. <laughs> they weren't a sponsor. No. They gave me a hundred bucks. <laughs> that was some BS, Nicole. Um, speaking of videos, our, did I say our Amazon store has videos now? Mm -hmm. So I've actually been going back th uh, through a lot of our live and, and chopping out like demos of like the muscle chuck and getting very specific information on certain products i think i even you did a whole thing on uh milwaukee that router thingy yeah the little uh the little uh, battery powered router yeah the laminate trimmer so if you haven't if you haven't checked out the store in a while um go check it out there's some check it out i keep putting videos up there and they're like three minutes long so it's very specific about that one thing yeah um, okay, Country Boy X 7 Did he change his blades in his jointer? Yep. I got that question too. <laughs> I changed blades on my jointer. I'm having snipe issues at the end of the cut. Any ideas? 
My first instinct is to possibly raise your outfeed table. Um, a lot of times that snipe at the end of the cut means you're, you're going through, you're going through. Once the board is mostly on that outfeed table, if the cutter head is a little bit too high and it doesn't take much, it's just a hair too high. As the trailing end of that board goes through, it just gets cut to full depth and you wind up with that little divot there. So that would be the first thing I would do is try to nudge up the height of your outfeed table. Um, and you may have to you know, go back and forth a little bit, but keep testing it and see if you can get to a point that you're snipe free. That would be my first instinct. You might also have you know, angle issues going on, but that's, that's the first thing I would look at. Jeremy Long says, since you've had a decent amount of time with the Merca, mm -hmm. how are you feeling about it? I like it. The Merca is a great sander. It is not $100 more sander than you get with Festool. Here's the thing. I can't, I'm, I'm holding off on my review. But you can't get any Festool right now, can you? I want to see this ETS thing resolved. Yeah. I've got a sander sitting in uh, the repair shop in, uh, where are they, Indiana? La I thought it was Las Vegas. No, that's where one of the training centers oh, is. Oh, that's Henderson. Training. Okay. Um, so it's sitting there waiting for Germany to figure out a problem, like to fix it. The funny thing is these sanders have been around for a long time and mm -hmm. they've been great. I have two, my two older sanders sitting there ready to go, no problems at all. It's just a newer batch. They changed something or there's a defective part that's causing these things to shut off. So I cannot wholeheartedly make a recommendation that someone go buy a Festool right now. So I'm in this like catch 22, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I don't want to push forward with the review. Because I really just want to compare Festool at its best, Merca at its best. Is it worth it to spend more money on the Merca? Here's my opinion on that. But I can't do that when I can't recommend to you right now that you buy the ETS. So if you're in the market for a new sander right now, get the Merca. The ETS sanders have problems right now. It's not a good time. So go for the Merca. But if all things are equal and the products are working the way they're supposed to, um, I cannot say that the Merca is $100, and in some cases more, than $100 better of a sander to warrant it. The only reason to go for the Merca is if you like that form factor. Maybe you're from an uh, auto body shop. You're used to that kind of paddle switch design. That's the form factor you enjoy. Go for it. Uh, if you're doing a lot of overhead sanding, um, just depending on what you're doing, maybe you're sanding the hull of a boat or something, that kind of um, orientation of your body the Merca is a better sander. It's just a, a hair lighter, but the way that paddle switch works and you're going like this, it's actually much more comfortable. Um, very ergonomic design. I like it a lot. If you're just standing around in the shop sanding stuff, uh, it's just not $100 more sander there. I, I, I would. Both of them are great sanders, but you got to have a compelling reason to spend 100 bucks more, and I don't see it so far. Cool. I'm got ca it? I'm caught up. Mm. And we're... Grandma's in there watching the kids. Yeah, so, so we're going to pinch gonna, this one off. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. Well, thank you guys for watching. Sorry about the little flub earlier with um, doing a premiere right before the show. <laughs> uh, but if you didn't see it, head over to the channel. I just released a new video. It is almost an hour. I think that might be our longest video we've ever posted outside of live content. So that's your fault. Mm -hmm. um, but it's me and Nicole doing this, but with woodworking. <laughs> building something but yeah we're doing woodworking and being mark and nicole so uh, i hope you enjoy it go check yes. it out tomaso says no bonus show yes there's a bonus show after uh, this we will do the bonus show we do an after show where we we can talk about woodworking but it's also about other stuff like video games and 
whatever is going on in our life. If you'd like to come and join uh, us in the after show, it's for the Patreon supporters and the mm-hmm. YouTube members. So if you're a YouTube member, it's under the community tab from our our uh, channel. So yeah. I put a link in there. Man, I'm seeing great questions. I wish I had time to answer. Guys, if, uh, if I didn't get to your question, I apologize. I didn't, I, maybe back. I didn't see No, nope, they're just good questions and we got to move on. Okay. Um, so yeah, come back next week. Um, we try to get to as many questions as we can. Yeah, if, if especially if you're here at the top of the show, I try to grab as many as possible. And then when he's done talking, then I ask the questions. I'm never done talking. <laughs> he's never done talking. <laughs> okay, so. thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend, a great Friday tomorrow, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.